the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here with another exciting show for you today, one that uh, comes just in time as you are scouring the stores for online or offline for presents for uh, supposedly from Santa <laughs> and perhaps from yourself. And if you're buying presents for kids or adults who are kids at heart, you need to hear this show and you need to learn about conscious gift giving. Now what that means is uh, not just choosing a toy because it looks cute or because it was something you wanted as a kid and never got or because, um, you know, you think that the child you're buying it for will like it. But you really have to look into other things in addition to, of course, whether the child will like it, whether it's age appropriate and things like that. One of the things that you should look at is what else will happen when you buy this toy. And by that I mean... Is it going to create some good in the world, such as by donating to a children's charity uh, that will make other children happy or give them food or make them feel safe, in addition to uh, the child who you're buying the toy for? Or is it a dangerous toy? Does it actually contain poison? Are you giving your favorite child on your gift list a toy that will poison them? And I'm, I'm actually talking literally as well. So we really need to think about, in other words, have conscious gift giving when you give toys, and I'm talking about toys and books, um, this year and all year round because um, it's become more important than ever to really think about it and to spend some time picking the right gift. So today we're going to be looking at conscious gift giving and toys and books, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And my first guest, um, we'll talk to you about the good. <laughs> and they are Barbara Saltzman. She's the executive director of the Jester and Farley Fund. And she is the proud mother of David Saltzman, who is the author of The Jester Has Lost His Jingle, which is an award-winning book. And also we have... Um, Proud to bring back my mom, Sylvia Lieberman, who is um, a new author of a book that was just released called Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain. And um, just as uh, Barbara's book and, and her fund, uh, which has been around Barbara for about 11 years now, correct? Yes, the book, well, the book, this is actually its 12th anniversary and the fund has been around for seven years. Okay. So you will tell us about the various ways in which book purchases um, contribute to children. And um, Sylvia will tell us about the charities that um, receive a portion of the proceeds from her book. And then later on in the show, we'll be talking with Jeff Gearhart, who is a researcher and creator of the activist organization Healthy Toys. And we're going to be telling you about these poisonous 
toys, which represent the bad and the ugly. <laughs> so, so why don't we start with the good? We'll come back, by the way, at the end of the show and tell you how you can um, both find out about uh, which toys are poisonous, uh, the list and what they contain, and also tell you how you can choose um, to get books that make a difference and that are in line with this conscious gift-giving by giving beyond the child that you're actually giving the book to. So, Barbara, why don't we start with you and the story, um, uh, the story of how the jester lost his jingle came about. Well, thank you, Carol. It's such a pleasure to join you on the show today. And uh, The Jester Has Lost His Jingle was written and illustrated by my son David as his senior project at Yale. And while he was in the midst of creating it, he was an art and English major, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. He uh, unfortunately died nine months after graduation, but we had promised him uh, that we would see, no matter what happened, that his book, The Jester Has Lost His Jingle, would be published as he envisioned it and that it would be given free initially to um, every child in uh, the country diagnosed with cancer and uh, that subsequently we would want to benefit other children who uh, would find the joy of the jester in the book and we would be able to give them copies of it as well. And um, it took us five years David died in 1990, and we published the book almost exactly 12 years ago in at the end of 1995, and it reached the uh, New York Times adult fiction bestseller list. Adult fiction, that's adult interesting. Adult fiction, huh? And um, it it was just absolutely um, a beloved introduction. Um, and embraced by uh, children and families and teachers and healthcare professionals all over the country from every background uh, from the minute it was released. And um, we, in fact, mortgaged our home to produce the book. And the response to the book has been so overwhelming that it led to the formation of our nonprofit Jester and Farley Fund, Farley is spelled with a P-H, and we also spell fund with a P-H. And part of what makes the book so um, appreciated and beloved by everybody who reads it is the universality of its story. It's, it's basically the story of laughter and how it's always inside us. Um, the storyline is, is very simple. A jester and his little stick pal Farley are banished uh, from the kingdom when they failed to make the king laugh and they set off on a quest to find where laughter might be hiding because they can't believe that it's disappeared from the world and they have a series of colorful adventures and ultimately find themselves in a very unhappy big city and eventually meet a little girl in a hospital who helps them discover jointly that laughter hasn't disappeared after all, that it's hiding inside everyone. It's buried deep within. And the laughter spreads from this little girl throughout the city and uh, throughout back to the kingdom. And the, the basic message of the story is that laughter is always inside us. 
a subsequent message um, of the story is uh, that we really all have a part to play in helping each other, that we're not alone in the world, and that we derive hope and joy and love and laughter from each other as well as from deep inside ourselves. And when the jester and Farley are searching for laughter, they refuse to give up. And the jester reminds Farley that it's up to us to make a difference. It's up to us to care. And that um, has become the motto of the Jester and Farley Fund. And um, the book was so embraced by teachers and others throughout the country that we began the Jester and Farley Fund in order to help give copies of the book to thousands of more children. Now, now before you get into that, because mm-hmm. I, I want to just go back a little bit, because uh, as a psychiatrist, I found this part fascinating, that when David was um, 21, in other words, almost two, almost two years before he died, or before he even had the diagnosis of Hodgkin's, right. he wrote the book, and he, he wrote... Um, a, well, the, the quote that the little girl looked up and her eyes were opened wide, she turned slowly to the jester and she quietly replied, Here I lie, I have a tumor, and you ask me, where's my sense of humor? And then he was diagnosed three months later. Exactly. It, it is an incredible irony or um, it, it's really hard to say where where that part of the story came from. But we did discuss it with David, and uh, he said it was absolutely vital that that be a central part of the story. And um, he seemed to know instinctively from the time he was a little child um, how important laughter was and how important it was to help other people and bring joy back into their lives if for some reason or another it had dissipated. And um, the book really reflects um, David's outlook on life. The jester is really his alter ego. In fact, the jester looks an awful lot like David. Yeah. Except a little taller. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, um, I mean, it's almost as though unconsciously he had a sense that he was soon going to be diagnosed with a tumor. And that because the story um, of of how... Uh, the jester and Farley set out to find laughter, and they find it in this little girl with a tumor in the hospital, and, that, and then this spreads out to the rest of the world. And, in fact, that's exactly what he did, that through his, um, or not through, well, as part of, or, or indeed the, the person who has the tumor, i.e. David, would be the one to spread this laughter to the rest of the world, just like the little girl did. It is uncanny, and it it is part of what really makes the gesture so meaningful for everybody who reads it. Yes, yes, because it it was prophetic, and that that's what he turned out to do, and is continuing to do through you and your tirelessly uh, uh, bringing this book to the to the rest of the world. Thank you. <laughs> well, when we come back, um, we'll talk more with my guests. We're talking about uh, conscious gift-giving and toys, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and books. Books are included in the toys. My guests are Barbara Saltzman, the Executive Director of the Jester and Farley Fund, 
the book that her son wrote and uh, illustrated is called The Jester Has Lost His Jingle. And coming up, we'll be talking to Sylvia Lieberman, who is the author of uh, the newly released book, Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Cherry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith-based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Here today, before you go out and buy all those last-minute presents or... If you have bought some, you may want to return them and, and exchange them for uh, what we're talking about today, both in terms of um, children's presents that um, that have that are provide good things in addition to the child or the or the or the adult with the child heart uh, that you're giving the gift to, as well as making sure that they are not poisoning the person you're giving them to. So my guests today are Barbara Saltzman. She's the executive director of the Jester and Farley Fund. And uh, as you just heard, her son wrote, David Saltzman wrote, The Jester Has Lost His Jingle, 
We're now going to hear from Sylvia Lieberman, the author of Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain. And also joining us is Jeff Gearhart. He is a researcher and creator of the activist organization Healthy Toys. And Jeff will be telling us in a little bit. Um, about the toys to avoid, the ones that are going to poison you. So welcome, Jeff, to the show as well. Thanks for having me. And do join in. Uh, this is a conversational show, so <laughs> if you you don't have to wait until we get to uh, the, the poison part. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, why don't we now hear Sylvia talk about your book and um, how that came about. Okay. Uh, the actual story happened some time ago. Uh, when I've been taking many, many writing courses of all types of writing. And um, I had a an assignment uh, to write a story uh, about a small animal. And, of course, I thought everybody in the group, in the class, would be writing about a puppy or a kitten, and I just decided to be different. And I wrote about a cute little mouse or a little red T-shirt and uh, he had a great big dream, and the dream was to find the Swiss cheese mountain. And, of course, when I handed it in, the teacher handed back the next week, and she wrote across, this is publishable material, see me after class. And that launched Archibald Mouse. Um, it was wonderful, except for the fact that I did nothing about it at that time because my dad passed away. Uh, the next couple of days, and I just took it and put it in my file. And uh, my daughter, Dr. Lieberman, decided a couple of years ago that she wanted a copy of it. And, of course, I didn't know why, but she took it and sent it around to all kinds of agents and all kinds of publishers, and she got some great results, and we picked one particular publisher, and we are now having a wonderful time selling Archibald and getting it to the children and reading it and signing, and it's a very great experience. And uh, I'm very, very pleased to do this because I really didn't write this as just a book. I wrote it um, with an additional purpose uh, because it teaches children the meaning of charity at an early age and um, gives parents who's reading the book a good opportunity to discuss charity and that we just don't go through life without thinking of other people and other children. And that's because a portion of the proceeds of the book go yeah, it's to, going to, to, to charities. We have a gold seal on the front of the book that tells um, the benefits are going to the Feed the Children organization and Variety, the children's charity. And uh, they are wonderful organizations. They do some great, real, wonderful charitable acts and, and programs. And um, I feel that when the, the book is being read to a child, this makes it very easy for a mother to see the seal and remind the child that uh, this in life we have to do some charitable things and we have to do some selfless things. And um, I it comes at an early age, and it certainly hopefully makes a big impression through life. And would you like to uh, tell us a little bit about the story? Yes, it would be nice uh, to let people hear about my cute little mouse. <laughs> uh, it's a story about Archibald, as I said, and he has this big dream. Uh, he's a little mouse, but he has a big dream, and it's to find the Swiss Cheese Mountain. 
and uh, the book opens with showing Mama Mouse and Archibald in front of a hole that, in the wall that leads to Mr. Hockmeyer's grocery store. And uh, Mama is teaching Archibald how to be independent and go out in the world to find his own food and learn about life. And she instructs him before going into any hole, just measure with your whiskers, because if your whiskers fit, so will the rest of you. And so she shows him how to get through the hole, and Archibald arrives and is happy to find a chocolate chip cookie and thinks life is just going to be just as sweet. But then there was a great aroma that comes up to him when he was up on a high shelf, and he finds that this there are some disappointments in life because this was sauerkraut, and it was so sour that it made his whiskers twitch. So he's learning about life, and he's finding food. Um, and after many, uh, very many adventures, um, he finally gets into Mr. Huckmeyer's store one day, and there he sees in a case he's realized his dream because there is a large, big Swiss cheese mountain. And he runs back to tell his mama, and she cautions him not to go near that mountain of cheese because... It's in a glass case, and of course he'll be seen in court. But Archie tells Mama, Oh, it's just some old piece of cheese Mr. Huckmeyer doesn't need anymore because it's got lots of holes in it. And of course Mama laughs and enlightens him about Swiss cheese. But uh, months go by, and Archie can't resist to go back to his, realize his dream, and he manages to get into the case and hides in a deep hole in uh Mr. Hockmeyer moves the cheese mountain onto the counter because his customer wants a whole lot of Swiss cheese. Archie sees the big knife coming down and becomes very, very frightened when suddenly the customer says, and the children love this part, she changed her mind. Mm -hmm. She's going to buy cream cheese today to bring back to her family. And, of course, Archie is saved. Uh, but, of course, at this point, he decides he's had enough adventure, and he returns back to Mama Mouse, whisker measuring all the way. Uh, I have had the children read this book. I've read it to them as well, and they read it at the children's fair, and they seem to love it. And that's my big reward, because seeing the children's reaction uh, and hoping that they learn a few morals, I'm very, very happy about the whole thing. Yes, you know, it's interesting. There are a number of similarities um, in terms of, um, Barbara, you promised your son that you would publish this, and um, I felt in my heart that I wanted to make my mother's dream come true because of um, all that she sacrificed for me and raising me and being a stay-at-home mom. And, and uh, um, so, you know, it's, it's this passion to sort of... Um, and love to bring our loved one's work to light and to share it with the rest of the world. And the other thing that I noticed is that um, just like with Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain, a portion of the proceeds go to Feed the Children and Variety, the children's charity, and Barbara, you'll be telling us about, you know, the various things that um, you do with the funds from the Jester book. Um, what what I have seen with Archibald is that when you when you donate um, a portion of the proceeds to some charity, 
that the universe, um, I mean, you know, you hear about this with the secret and so on, but it really is true that the universe, that beyond the things that you could think of to do to, to make the book uh, do well and go out there, that somehow the universe brings you surprise after surprise after surprise because it's not just about ego, it's not just about, you know, getting a book published and making a ton of money, it's about giving back and helping the world with this book, both the books, both having the children enjoy them and, and smile and, and, and so on, uh, children and adults, um, but also about having the proceeds directly help uh, children as well. It's like the universe lifts up this, the project and, and makes things happen for it because, because of it. That's exactly true. What we have found is how much the jester has lost his jingle inspires children to be charitable and to think about others and uh, to want to help other children. And um, as a result, the Jester and Farley Fund uh, is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we formed it so that we could extend the reach of the Jester um, beyond donating it to children with cancer, although we still donate it to children with cancer. That's a, an ongoing mission of ours, but... We work with um, school children in literacy and outreach programs in which their participation with the Jester and Farley Fund enables them to donate copies of The Jester Has Lost His Jingle and our companion Jester and Farley Doll to children in hospitals, in clinics, in special needs facilities and foster care programs. And how does that work? Um, We have two programs and uh, people can... Find out more about it on our website, which is... Well, we'll give that out at the end. Oh, we don't okay. want people leaving us to look at the website. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, <clears throat> what we do is have programs in which children participate in readathons, and their participation um, both uh, in schools where the children do have some resources and in other programs we've developed so that children who have very little resources... Um, can still participate in our program, but they do not have to um, actually donate any pennies out of their own pocket. So Uh these become funded programs, and we receive support from individuals, from businesses, from corporations and foundations to enable us to uh, bring the gesture to more and more children. Mm-hmm. And children on these programs have now read more than 20 million pages to help other children. Yes, so that's it's amazing. It has been absolutely phenomenal. And um, well, we do need to take a break now. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, the universe doesn't spare us breaks in the in the program. <laughs> but we will come back. We're talking today about conscious gift giving and toys and books: the good, the bad, and the ugly. My guests are Barbara Saltzman, the executive director of the Jester and Farley Fund, Sylvia Lieberman, the author of Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain, and Jeff Gearhart, who we'll be hearing from in this second half of the show. He's a researcher and creator of the activist organization Healthy Toys. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm happy to be bringing this show to you today before you go out and buy the wrong toys and books. Um, You need to buy ones where you have conscious gift-giving, meaning thinking about gifts that are not only going to be wonderful for the recipient who is on your holiday list, but also that's going to uh, keep on giving by giving to charities, helping other children and and, um, people all over the world, and also that is not going to poison your child or the children or um, or adults with children's hearts on your gift list. My guests are Barbara Saltzman. We've been hearing about um, her son's book, David Saltzman, The Gesture Has Lost His Jingle, and all of the wonderful things that have come from that. And um, that's been going now for um, 12 years. And Sylvia Lieberman, the author of Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain, which has just been released, just on, on the beginning 
to give to children's charities and the beginning of the trajectory of the book. And now we're going, and, and I guess the moral of the, one moral of this story that I haven't mentioned is that perhaps instead of toys, you should be thinking about <laughs> books. <laughs> They're safer, as our next guest, uh, Jeff Gearhart, is about to tell us. He is a researcher and the creator of the activist organization Healthy Toys. And, uh, welcome <laughs> all of you back to the show. And Jeff, why don't you, I, I've been reading your material and, um, Boy, um, you are at the Ecology Center in Michigan, and um, your organization has been doing some incredible work, work that the government and the toy manufacturers should be doing, and uh, finding out all kinds of scary things that are in some, even some, you know, you think it's maybe just the cheapest toys, but it's even in uh, some traditional toys, some not cheap toys at all, uh, which harbor chemicals that are very dangerous to children. Yeah, well, well, thanks for having me on, Carol, and I, I really um, appreciate the theme of the show. And but one of our overall messaging messages from from the research we've done is that. Uh, and, and what we tell the public is, number one, you, we don't think you can shop your way out of the problem of, of concern over chemicals and toys. And by, when we say that, we mean uh, we think people need to explore um, gift-giving alternatives and, and to think a little more about uh, what they're doing for gift-giving because it, we, we, we feel that in the current regulatory structure, there simply isn't um, enough quality information out there on these products. Um, uh, you know, we, we tested over 1,200 products uh, and have them on HealthyToys.org, but there's literally millions of toys on the market, and it's simply improfit, impossible to, to test all of them. So, so I really uh, I think the theme of your show is appropriate as a as a response to this this concern about chemicals and toys is is, is fundamentally rethink your your gift giving practices. Yes. Now, why don't you tell us about some of the most dangerous <laughs> chemicals that are in toys, the sure. most toxic what they cause potentially, and um and then you can tell us about some of the toys, you know, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Sure. Yeah, and one of the things we emphasize at healthytoys.org is we we tested a, a wide range of toys and the site actually has both the te- toys that te- we found high detection levels of various chemicals as well as toys that we had found low or non-detection level of chemicals. So the site's a little unusual from a lot of what you've read where you only get information on the recalls. So, for instance, the site, you can go to the site and get a list of around 150 toys that had n- no detection of any of the nine um, heavy metals, lead, uh, and other chemicals of concern that we tested for. So, uh, you know, the site is, you know, we, we present all that information. You can go there and you can find um, products that test clean as well as products test high. Um, there's been a lot of concern about lead. Um, lead is a neurotoxin, um, affects learning of, learning of children. Uh, CDC has stated that there's no safe level of lead exposure. We strongly feel that there's no reason we should have lead in children's products as well as many other products but especially children's products. It's particularly disturbing to find the, the levels of lead that we're finding in these products. Of the 1,200 products we tested, we found about a third of them had detectable levels of lead in them. Uh, this is one of the most um, 
broad screening of toys on the market that have been done in decades, then it indicates that we still have a significant problem with lead in, in toys and children's products. And what about some of the other chemicals? Sure. Well, we, we looked at um, a, a variety of heavy metals, including mercury, arsenic, cadmium. Uh, we also looked at uh, identified products that were made out of PVC, which were particularly concerned with flexible PVC because some of the plasticizers that are used in PVC is, are prone to being leached out. Um, one of the groups of plasticizers called phthalates have been banned in in, in uh, products in Europe as well as California, but they're still uh, um, legally sold in the rest of the U.S. So we've prioritized, uh, you know, highlighting products that are made out of vinyl uh, because of that overall concern. So, so our approach, you know, uh, and they can cause birth defects of the genitals and altered states of reproductive hormones in baby boys. Yes, Think thank of you. that, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> you moms out there or grandparents out there or dads, you know, this is, uh, you think you're doing something nice for your child. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, and, and, you know, for context, uh, you know, these chemicals that are in toys that we're looking at are not just in toys. They're in other products that we commonly interact on a daily basis from electronics to furniture to housewares. And so it's important to put the exposure, potential exposure from toys in context of the exposure that we have from other products. However, we think it is very important to look at toys because, you know, these are children's products and, and everyone knows that the young children are prone to putting their hands in their mouth and putting anything they can get their hands on in their mouth. So there is, you know, uh, we, we think there's a even more heightened, uh, should be even more heightened focus on, on these groups of chemicals and toys. Yes, and and um, also because of the child's still developing their brain and neurological system and other organs that uh, exposure to these dangerous chemicals are um, even more serious. They, it yeah, makes and, an even and, more serious situation or danger. Yeah, and, and you know, pound per pound, these exposures are, are much more significant to to um, to infants and small children. So, uh, you know, it's it's just especially of a concern uh, at that level. But uh, so 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 the good news is we we did find we found you know about twenty percent of the toys that we had no non detection of the nine chemicals we looked at, which tells us that you know these toys these chemicals are not necessary to make toys. They're there because of a failure of the regulatory system as well as a failure of companies to pay attention to this. Uh, companies are, do not have effective, proactive chemical policies to work with their suppliers to, to say what they want in the product. As a result, uh, they don't know what they're getting in the product, and we, that's why we have this problem. Yes. Now, you know, one of the toys that... Um uh, has five, more than five times the recall standard for lead paint is the plastic cuff sold with the Fisher-Price medical kit. I mean, there's a kind of irony in that, playing doctor while you're poisoning <laughs> yourself. Yeah, and that product is, is, is troubling for a number of reasons. Well, yeah, one, it's a medical kit that the kids are going to be, you know, putting the, the lead, lead-contaminated blood pressure cuff on, on their friends. But but from uh, it's it's somewhat a poster child for the problem because we have a blood pressure cuff cuff here that's made out of flexible vinyl that has over three thousand parts per million lead, and 
the state of Illinois has actually, the attorney general there, um, because of a recent law passed there, has succeeded in not having it retailed in the state of Illinois. Mattel, the manufacturer, nonetheless, is still arguing that the toy is okay, and they're continuing to retail it in the other rest of the states in the country. And uh, it's it's just a real symbol of the fact that our regulatory system is not protecting us in the way that it should. Yes, and and nor are the toy manufacturers. Yeah, but ultimately, I think you know one of the things we've called for is is, uh, is to have some federal hearings on how to fix this system, and we think it needs to be fixed in terms of looking at lead, but it also needs to be fixed in terms of looking at these other chemicals and products, and uh, you know ultimately uh, we have a, a federal policy that uh, was passed in 1976. Um, the Toxic Substance Control Act that should be regulating this, and it's 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 one of the worst environmental laws on the books in terms of being completely ineffective. So uh, we got to mon- we have to modernize that law. We have to do it um, on, a, on a on a national basis. Um, is the only way we're really gonna we're really gonna tackle this problem. And you know we hope by the time you know the next holiday season comes around that we can um, have um, significantly healthier toys on the market. Yes, some of the ones that, uh, for example, the, uh, the offenders with PVC include American Girl dolls and Lincoln Logs. I mean, these are classic toys. Um, the Power Ranger toothbrush, for example. You know, these are toys that have names that uh, people think they can trust. Well, yeah, I think what our, our sampling found is, uh, uh, you know, across the, the board between, you know, niche specialty toy retailers to major brand name national retailers like Mattel and um, uh, we tested uh, Hannah Montana products which are incredibly popular right now Um, one of the the Hannah Montana purses we found over 6,000 parts per million lead in in the uh, in the in the in the vinyl material in the purse Uh, we we did not see a pattern of of um, any retailer and or you know specialty products or high-end or low-end toys um, being immune from this problem. It, it really appears to be an industry-wide problem. Yes. Well, we need to take another break. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We'll be uh, telling you where to, um, what the sites are to get more information about everything that we've been t- talking about today um, when we come back. And you're listening to uh, us talk about conscious gift-giving Um, with guest Barbara Saltzman, whose son wrote the book, The Jester Has Lost His Jingle, Sylvia Lieberman, who wrote the book, The Archibald's Swiss Cheese Mountain, Um, and Jeff Gerhardt, the researcher and creator of the activist organization Healthy Toys. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? 
Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. The time has gone so quickly today. We're talking about conscious gift-giving and toys and books, the good, the bad, and the ugly, just in time before you go out and spend all your hard-earned money on this last week before Christmas. Um, you need to think about what it is that you are buying. We're going to be giving you um, websites. Um, let me do that now, and then we'll do it again at the end um, for where you can buy um, good, where your conscience will feel good about uh, what you're doing. Um, the book, uh, Barbara Saltzman has been talking about her son's book, um, which is The Jester Has Lost His Jingle, and you can find that at thejester.org. Um, and Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain by my mom, who I'm very proud of, Sylvia Lieberman. You can find that at ArchibaldMouseBooks.com. Of course, both of these books can be found also at bookstores and at Amazon.com and so on. Um, and Jeff Gerhardt, his, uh, the website from his company that he founded, his organization, HealthyToys.org, will give you a much more detailed list than we could do on the show of, of the good and the bad and the ugly. Um, Barbara, I want to go back to you because I want to end, and, and Sylvia Lieberman, um, to end this show on a positive note. Um, and I, I would like you to talk a little bit in the short time that we have left about um, how this, uh, your experiences have shown that the universe has really gotten behind what you're doing to um, make sure that the proceeds of the book go to help children um, beyond the children who get the book. Well, it's my pleasure to tell you how that has happened. It happened really from the beginning. Uh, David told us um, when he was creating the book that he wanted the book and the doll to be given to children who were facing challenges, although he wrote the book for absolutely every child uh, and 
every every adult as well because the message is so universal. But from the very first, once the book was released um, 12 years ago, it's, it's now in its 10th anniversary printing, um, we started hearing from children and teachers all over the country. And one day I received a check in the mail for $139.78 from a school in Rhode Island. This was more than 11 years ago, and the children have had a week-long read-a-thon for a penny a page, and they read 13,978 pages and asked us if we would please give copies of the jester to children in the hospital with the money they had raised. And that actually became the foundation of our literacy and outreach programs. They're really all modeled after this grassroots effort. And now we have programs that we um, work with schools, with community organizations, with um, church and temple groups, with Sunday school classes, where children do read-a-thons in order to provide copies of The Jester Has Lost His Jingle to children in their own community who um, are facing difficult challenges. And each copy of the book that is donated has a book plate in it saying who has made the donation. And we have a space for the child to write their own name. So they very consciously learn what charity is all about. And it's been an, an amazing experience. So in a sense, the universe brought that first school to your attention to give you the idea for doing it in general, and, and you've broadened it. Absolutely, and we now have community service programs for high school students who are working with our programs. And uh-huh. All the details of that are on our website, and people can also call us at 800-9-JESTER, a, a toll-free number to uh, uh ask any other questions they they might have or to order copies of the book. There is still time to get it to people. (laughs) Yes, yes. Same thing for Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain. And Sylvia, why don't you tell us about uh, your um, experience in terms of it being a donation? Well, actually, uh, when we got to the publisher, we definitely instructed him that this book would not be published unless it is a, a has a charitable program attached to it, and um, the Feed the Children and Variety, the Children's Charity, uh, are just two wonderful uh, programs for children. And the Feed the Children, of course, is for children who are hungry, and the Variety does remarkable work as well. They have a Boys and Girls Club, and children who are disadvantaged will come in for the, to have someone help them with their homework. Or they take them, uh, people who, uh, children who are in uh, wheelchairs or on crutches, they will take them to various places to make them see that they can do things as well and they can get out in the world and be independent themselves. Um, they have camps for children, and it's just a wonderful um, group of people with big hearts, and um, I'm delighted to be part of this. Uh, I'm delighted that Archibald will bring some monies to them so they can function even further. And um, the dedication in the book is um, quite meaningful in terms of of this uh, charitable work because it's dedicated to children just like, well, and just like Archibald was hungry for, um, you know, a little mouse with big dreams and he was hungry for for his Swiss cheese mountain Mm -hmm. uh, to feed him and his family, 
Um, you dedicated the book to children everywhere who are hungry for food, love, and adventure. Adventure, and they certainly are getting that with this book, and that makes me feel very, very good. I just very unhappy about the fact that uh, some books are on the market and they have limited ages on it, and I really feel that's a really big error because children at early, early age should be exposed to books and uh, the bonding that's between the reader and the child, no matter what age, is priceless. Um, Children should learn to read and appreciate books and respect uh, the stories um, for their future life. And um, I just hope that uh, the idea of putting an age on a book is kind of eliminated sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and on the gesture, we we cite that it is for all ages uh, because children's books, I feel, are universal in their message, and oftentimes they can convey messages uh, on a much deeper and stronger level than uh, books that are so-called adult books are able to do. Yes, because when people, when adults read children's books, um, they are more open to them. You know, they become a child again. They're more vulnerable and they're more open to the message rather than if it was written in an adult style, it would be hitting them over the head and they'd sort of be turned off. But with the pictures, both of these books have incredible illustrations. And, um, we, you know, you just get sucked in and you're able to learn the lessons in a very uh, painless way <laughs> so that you can appreciate uh, some of these things and be more open to them than you would if you knew it was an adult book. Exactly. The rhyme in, in The Jester Has Lost His Jingle is also very engaging and has um, been found to be very helpful in helping children develop their reading skills. And so in addition, I wanted to say with our literacy programs, we have developed curriculum supplements and educational guides for schools and teachers to extend the benefits of the book. Well, well, thank you very much. Thank, thank you to all of my guests. I want to give out those website addresses again so that all of you now who have been listening can be conscious in your gift giving and know what's for the good, the bad, and the ugly. On the good side, Barbara Saltzman, the, um, the book is called The Jester Has Lost His Jingle. The website is thejester.org. And uh, Sylvia Lieberman's book, Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain, the website is archibaldmousebooks.com. And uh, Jeff Gearhart, the researcher and creator of the activist organization Healthy Toys, you just go to healthytoys.org and uh, check out what you uh, are thinking of buying or may have bought. And also there's a place to, um, if you want them to look into one of your toys that you're thinking of buying or that you have at home, want to see whether it's safe, want them to test it, there's a way for you to ask them to do that as well. So thank you all, my guests, for uh, for being part of the show and um, giving your advice on conscious gift giving, showing it's possible. My uh, Again, my message is that when you do things, whether it's write a book that uh, donates to children, uh, make, makes the world a better place, or whatever your pet project is, your passion is, as long as it's something um, that is helping the world, even like HealthyToys.org, helping the children stay safe from toys, whatever your passion is, it's amazing how the universe comes up 
and helps you in incredible ways that you couldn't possibly have wished for, thought of. I mean, some of them you can wish for, the law of attraction, draw them to you. But some of them, the, the best ones, are the ones that surprise you, where um, the universe comes and spreads your message throughout the world. So just try it out there. It's really true. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.